Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to INE Live. I'm your host, Katherine Brown. Today is March 1st. That means, at least here in the United States, the weather is getting warmer. Uh, but this is also the first day of Women's History Month. And we have some really special ways to celebrate here at INE um, over the next month. One of those ways starts today here on INE Live. And we're thrilled to be kicking off Women's History Month with a very special Tech Tuesday focused on female pioneers in the tech industry. Some of the challenges that women in the tech industry face, and maybe some strategies for overcoming those. We want to have a really candid, really open conversation today and, uh, and, and, and just talk to you, the students, the viewers, whether you're male or female, about the impact uh, that women can have on the tech industry. So before we get started, as we do each time we stream here on INE Live, I want to let you know we are, of course, streaming live across social media platforms right now, including Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe and get those notifications turned on for whatever platform you're using so that you can stay in the loop and get notified when we do go live uh, to hear the most relevant news, trainings, interviews, and uh, information that we'll deliver to you at no cost, of course. We want you to get involved, talk to us, talk to others. We'd love to see the chat going, um, and we'd love to see you talking to each other. That is fantastic. It's why we do what we are doing here on INE. We want you to talk to us as well, write us your questions. We have a team monitoring chat, so if you have a comment, feel free to drop it in there. If you have a question, go ahead and put a cue at the beginning so that as we are going through those questions, we can find them easily and get to as many as we can today. With that, I wanna bring in our guest of honor. We are thrilled to welcome in today, Alexandria San Miguel. Alex is based in New York City as Director of Government Risk and Compliance with Rent the Runway, one of my absolute all-time favorite companies, just as a side note. Prior to that, Alex was with Sony Music, has tons of experience in risk management, government compliance, and in particular, cybersecurity compliance. Alex is passionate about her work and especially about getting women and minorities involved in the tech industry. Alex, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Catherine. Super excited about being here today. Awesome. Also with us today, Natasha Emanuel. Natasha, a, uh, a familiar face here at INE. She is a content portfolio product manager at INE. Prior to joining us, she held project management roles in various industries, including education and tech, has, has a long history and brings a very, very interesting perspective in a lot of areas to, uh, to both INE, to the tech industry, and to uh, today's stream. So Natasha, so glad you are here with us today. Thank you, Catherine. I'm excited to be here. All right. So uh, Natasha, Alex, and I had a conversation earlier this week. And uh, well, it's only Tuesday, so I guess that was only just yesterday. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, really enjoyed our conversation. It was just a prep call for today's show. And um, one of the things that I think that the three of us both really took away from it is we are, the three of us are coming at, at this from very different perspectives, right? Um, you've got Alex who works in what, what some may consider a more traditional tech role, like dealing intimately with cybersecurity and risk management, things like that. Um, Natasha works for a technology company, right? Utilizing some of the technology, but really doing product uh, project management. Um, and as for me personally, I come at this with a 20 year history in, in broadcast news coming uh, as a, a television anchor and reporter, um, not in the tech space at all, but am now considered a, a female in tech. Um, and so we have a lot of different uh, voices and a lot of different perspectives here. So um, 
you know, our, our conversation yesterday was really interesting, and I'm hoping to get that same that same bit out of it today. Um, I wanted to start by um, Alex, and we can start with you. Just what's what's kind of your origin story? How did you get into tech, and and what was it about the industry that drew you into it? Uh, sure. Um, well, I don't know if I have a very traditional, um, you know, story. I never had a plan to get into tech. Um, however, I've spent my whole career in it. When I went to college, I was studying finance. And, you know, I just always had a love for numbers and thought I'd be a businesswoman one day. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, and so finance just felt safe. And in order to fulfill a math university core requirement, I took a programming class and I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with it. I switched over to computer science. Um, I thought, you know, that was going to be what I was going to do. That I was going to program video games and that was going to be my future. And then I very smartly uh, got an internship and realized very quickly that I was wrong. Um, at that point in my college career, uh, I couldn't really switch majors without, you know, driving my parents to some sort of craze. Um, and I decided, you know, I was going to stick with it. The good thing was that I'd maintained a business minor. Um, and therefore, I was graduating with a major in computer science and a business and um, a minor in business. And that became really attractive to the big fours of the world at that point. Um, it was right after the Enron um, scam and everything that came out of that. And because I had a you know sort of dual tech and business um, major, I ended up at one of the big fours doing IT controls and audits. And at that point, I didn't know what it meant, but it was a job and so I went with it. And I've spent, you know, my whole career since in the world of IT, uh, risk, governance, and compliance. Uh, and about six years ago, I pivoted into cyber, which was just a natural progression, just given the world that we live in. Um, and so that's my story. Uh, I don't think it's very traditional, um, but I have always been uh, in a tech sort of function. And it's funny that you talk about like the different areas of tech because, um, you know, there are so many different facets and I hope we'll get into it a little bit more later. But, uh, you know, I live in a, in, a, in a very sort of underrated, um, sort of unknown niche in tech uh, because I'm not super, you know, I'm not an engineer, but I speak with engineers every day. Um, and so we can talk about a little bit more of that later. But that's my story. Awesome. I love, I'm, I'm still having flashbacks to Enron. Wait, that's a name that uh, <laughs> I haven't heard in a while. I remember it was a uh, headline of every single news cycle yeah. every single day. Um, yep. And I was in the news at the time. So goodness, I remember, uh, I remember covering that. Alex, thank you for sharing that. I think one of the things that makes you very interesting is that you don't have that traditional tech um, you know, background, you come at this from, from a really interesting way and sort of navigating your way through and definitely want to explore that a little bit more um, in this stream. Natasha, I uh, wanted to get your just kind of your origin story as well, a little background on you and how you how you got to where you are today. 
Yeah, um, so my story actually starts a very long time ago. Um, you know, as a, as a young girl, I always thought, you know, when I grew up, I wanted to be a surgeon. That was my first, uh, my first thought. Uh, and there were very few options for me as a child, um, or at least that I was aware of um, for me in terms of a career. Uh, I had parents that were athletes um, and they came into this world and went into education and did amazing things for themselves in a career, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted to have a, a bigger impact in people's lives. And um, of all the careers I knew at this age, uh, I was probably around five or six. <laughs> I, I just knew that, you know, if I was a surgeon, I could fix people and help them, um, you know, in some way. Uh, so naturally I went into uh, health sciences um, and I think probably around my junior year of college, I realized that that was not the way that I wanted to do it <laughs> um, and started going into um, exploring public health and specifically the um, education side of public health and working on behavioral change management. Um, so that really kicked off my career in education and understanding how people um, can evolve with the right environments, with the right tools. Um, and probably about midway through my career, I realized that I could um, use technology to advance that, you know, personal mission of mine. Um, so I started kind of dabbling on the, the back end of some things and had a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was really the, the pivot for me, the pivot point to, to, you know, really start to hone in on um, technology and understanding that I could have a bigger impact by creating something that was more meaningful for people and could actually help to shape their, their personal lives, their careers, um, and now here I am. <laughs> well, we, we are certainly glad that you are here where you are. Um, I love that, that everyone sort of has their own traditional story, as I alluded to, just for a little background on myself. Um, I was in broadcasting, a news anchor and reporter for, for 20 years before completely switching careers, going into public relations and, and landing at INE, um, which is a tech company. And I know coming here, you know, I really didn't didn't have a tech background. So you're talking about three women coming at it from from very different angles. Um, all right, I'm going to take a I'm, I'm going to take a moment here because one of the things we do here on INE Live is we read a lot of comments. And the thing that's really important, right, to address the comments and read the comments. And I'm interested in your thoughts. Uh, I have no idea if this person is still watching, end of the line, Joel. But uh, his comment, his, her, whatever, says, when will this pandering stop? Hmm. I have no idea what the context of that is, but I want to bring that up to you because quite frankly, when I read that, my first instinct is red hot. This is exactly what we're talking about here as women um, hmm. and why hmm. it is difficult to be in, in tech, to be in the workforce in general. So like I said, you know, I, I don't have any other context on that comment. That's all it says. End of the line, Joel, when will this pandering stop? But I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, Alex and Natasha, both Alex, we can start with you just on a comment like that and whether, you know, whether, whether you get hit with the feeling that addressing women in the workplace and being a woman in tech is, is pandering to something. You know, the haters are going to hate Catherine. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's, you know, it's, this is why we're here, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, 
I'm going to guess Joel's a man, um, but it's sad, you know, it's really um, just goes to show that we still have a ways to go. Um, I mean, at this stage, we know they exist. We just got to sort of keep pushing forward, knowing that we have, there's always going to be friction, unfortunately. Um, it's just sort of the way it, it, it is. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. The good news is, is that we have people like us, you know, on the forefront trying to, trying to change that narrative. Is this something that, that you find yourself battling against a perception that, that you as a woman aren't quite, uh, aren't quite as equal in tech as equal in the workplace? Is this something you find yourself confronting every day? Yes, but not directly. Um, I don't think that, you know, people like Joel uh, don't come out and say things like this, but I, I often find myself, you know, explaining or re-explaining myself to, you know, male counterparts who, you know, might be presenting an idea that maybe I already just said, you know, or I already sort of, you know, walked through and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, hearing the same idea thrown back at me as if it's brand new. Um, and I don't think that people do this necessarily on purpose or maliciously. Um, you know, men and women certainly have a different way of communicating. Uh, but yeah, I would say that, you know, I often find myself in a room as the only woman where, you know, I, I have to assert myself a bit more than my peers would, my male counterparts would. Um, and a lot of that comes, you know, also with experience and, and confidence, but certainly find myself, you know, having to sort of, you know, hear mansplaining and things being um, explained to me that probably wouldn't be explained if I wasn't, you know, a woman. Um, but, you know, I come to a point now where, you know, with some finesse, you know, I, I sort of make it clear that I don't need certain types of explanations. And again, but that comes with, I think, experience and confidence. Um, but yeah, certainly on a regular basis. So I'm going to follow up on that. Um, for, for anyone who's watching who may be you know, woman who, who may say, you know, that, that sounds so familiar. Um, are there, like, how did you get to a point where you felt comfortable asserting yourself? Um, you know, I, I know it comes with experience, but, but how, what are some tactics for feeling more comfortable and feeling less, um, well, less just uncomfortable, I guess, asserting yourself when you're in those positions? Well, it's, it's funny you said that because I think, getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable exactly it you know not being scared to just say something and again you know in 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 a way that isn't combative or isn't necessarily um you know unprofessional isn't kind um but just being able to say no wait a minute isn't that what i just said um, let's talk about this. I think, again, it does come with time, but you won't get that until you do it a few times and you realize, 
you know, because like I said, most of the time, I don't think it's malicious. Uh, and, you know, once you've got people's attention and you sort of highlight sort of what I've been saying, uh, then I think people are more inclined to, to pay attention. I love that phrase that you use, getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Um, right. It's, it's, it's a phrase that I've actually used in the past in terms of one of my things, um, one of the, the hurdles that I've had to overcome in my life is, is, is like intense shyness, right? Um, no one can believe that I was a TV reporter and anchor uh, for 20 years. And as a, a teenager, I battled like intense, intense shyness. And that was one thing I had to do really um, was get very comfortable being uncomfortable and stepping out of that comfort zone. Um, to I still struggle that. with that today, Catherine. Yeah. I mean, I certainly still struggle with that today. You know, I, this isn't easy for me, but I realize that, you know, this is sort of where I want to be. And so in order for me to do this, I have to, you know, um, sort of fake it till I make it. And, you know, I totally, totally get that and could so relate. But, you know, as, as, as women, we sort of sometimes just have to get out of our own way. I mean, the patriarchy exists. And, you know, as we saw today, there are people who don't really understand. Um, and unfortunately, thereby probably aren't supportive of this sort of thing. But um, we sort of just have to keep going. Natasha, I want to bring you into this as well. Um, kind of, I don't want to dwell on that comment too much, but I do want to get your thoughts on it. And how you feel in terms of, you know, day to day, do you feel like you're viewed as someone who is um, somehow playing the, the, the female card at times? Hmm. Um, I would say yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, and it's interesting when you read that comment um, from the viewer, you know, the first thought was, okay, for me at least was, okay, pause. How do you respond to this? Right. How do you respond to this in a way that's not threatening? That's not, um, going to, you know, make you out to be any, any number of the, the names that people choose to call women who are strong and aggressive and assertive. Um, and you know, I think I see that in a lot of other females that are very successful and still going out there and still struggling and still second guessing themselves when they have to stand up in a room in front of other people and let their voice be heard. And I immediately, I think that's, that's the beginning of the problem, right? We've been conditioned to kind of think of ourselves of less than, and the, the playing field is very unfair because I get, I don't, ex, I don't anticipate that my male counterparts and, you know, people that I work with or people out there, out there in the tech industry or any other industry are having those same questions. They're, they're having those same thoughts because for them, it's the the work the workplace and the tech industry is a place for predominantly male you know <laughs> professionals to us this is a new place that we're trying to enter into right even if it has been um, a number of years it's still a, an ongoing battle for us to make a place you know for ourselves and be respected in the industry and be known and be recognized so I'm a little bit, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm annoyed <laughs> just to be very <laughs> frank, right? Because um, that, that's have, a better yeah. word than I would have used. Totally. Yeah. 
I'm annoyed because, you know, we all have so much to, to offer. And I think women bring such a, a women bring a different perspective, period. Right. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to be a man. A man can never know what it's like to be me. Right. Um, and I think that regardless of, regardless of our opinions of someone's expertise, I think that we can, we can just agree that we all have different perspectives and nobody can tell you what you know or what you don't know <laughs> to, to begin with right so from that very from, i think just kind of thinking of that very single point um we have a voice to be heard <laughs> regardless of what your opinion is um so getting past that <laughs> um just kind of thinking about like the types of experiences that i've had um and see seen in my environment um it's been hmm. i think that there are a lot of things that are systemic um you know as alexandra said she's she's never had experiences where somebody overtly said you know something to her that may have been offensive um as a woman in a, in a workplace and i don't I, I i can't recall a single moment where i have either but at the same time i do see where things are not equal right where um you know even if somebody doesn't mansplain an idea uh, that I had or uh, some type of, you know, whatever it is, they may still be taken more seriously than me or um, maybe given more opportunities um, for career growth, um, for, you know, for salaries, for income. I mean, I've had conversations with people that I didn't personally work with, but friends that I knew that um, started working at a company and had a much higher offer rate, you know, for their job simply. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to stand out there and, and judge, right? I don't know the whole story and I don't know their experience, but I've seen it far too many times where they are, they're taken more seriously and they're, they're given the benefit of the doubt or they're given, you know, better opportunities than women that have similar or even at times more advanced experience. So I think that it is a bit unfair. Um, and, and I think that's just that's really just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> There's so much that we could we could go into here, but um, you know I think sometimes people who aren't in that position are very they're blind, right, to some of those biases, um, even the ones that they hold themselves. So it's easy to judge when you haven't had that experience yourself and been the person to um, you know to have to struggle or to have to explain yourself over and over again, or, you know, kind of go above and beyond to, to be recognized. So I, I, I believe both of you have kids, right? Natasha, I know you do. Alex, do you? I do. do yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have one. Um, so as, uh, as you were talking, Natasha, I was just reminded of a story and this is like, a this is a time when I felt like a, an absolute superhero. And I wonder if you ladies have had similar moments. But I remember after my son was born, I was working um, as a news reporter in New York City. We were going all over the place covering stories in every borough in, in New Jersey and Connecticut and you know, all over the place. And at least twice a day, I'm like in the back of a live truck going 100 <laughs> miles an hour down the highway pumping, right? Uh, pumping <laughs> so I can feed my kid. And then, and then you know, times when I wasn't doing that, I was like carving out like 10, you know, 15, 20 minutes here and there where I would run from doing a story and try to run into the bathroom and pump and then run back out and try to do everything um, that 
everyone else was doing. Um, and of course, you know, I'm competing with, with other women who aren't, you know, haven't just had a baby with other men, all this kind of stuff. And I remember, um, you know, a few times I, I like just really nailed the story, right. I got an exclusive or, or got some like great, great piece of news first on the air or something. And I remember thinking like, wow, I am woman, hear me roar, because I have had like an hour and a half less in my day than all of you people, because I've been sitting up there in the bathroom dragging around like, like, like freezer bags full of milk. Um, you know, and, and in some cases, like, I wonder if you guys have, have ever had those like superhero moments where, yeah, it's tougher to be a woman, I think, I think we can all agree. But sometimes it's, it's like, wow, yes, I am. Totally. <laughs> 100%. I have those moments regularly. It is not easy. And I'm a single mom now too. So I have, it's just me and my daughter in New York City, full-time job. She's nine going on 42. And so it's like, I have, it's my hands are, I mean, full. My plate is full, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And, um, you know, I think that us, especially when we become moms are even better at our jobs because we just don't have the time to not be, you know, we don't, our, our time is so limited. Um, and, you know, we're worried not just about our work, but we're worried about our children and their schoolwork and, you know, their doctor visits and their extracurriculars. Um, and then our own lives, you know, we're, we're not just professionals. We're not just mothers. We're women. We have, you know, our own friends and our hobbies and, there's a lot to juggle and not to say that dads aren't doing the same thing. Um, but, you know, unfortunately the truth is, is that, you know, us women sort of get more scrutinized for having to be moms than, and professionals than dads might have to, than dads do in being professionals and, you know, having to juggle fatherhood. Mm -hmm. I think you see that a lot uh, on, you know, we're in this, we're in this zoom world now where Alex, I think it was you mentioning yesterday during our prep call. Um, we're, we're very intimately in everyone's home, right? We can see each other's family members. We can see each other's kids. And, um, you know, Natasha, I've, I've met your gorgeous son in person, um, uh, at least once, but, uh, but I've seen him on zoom, you know, a number of times. And I know people have seen my kids crawling in and like coming in for a hug at the end of the day when they get home from school. Um, so it is, it is just particularly in these days, um, a little more, you know, a little more overt that like, we are, we are parents, we are moms, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I'm also a single parent and I think that they're, unfortunately, there are a lot of single, single mothers, right? There are single parents, both single fathers and single mothers, but there are, there's a higher percentage of single mothers and they take on a lot more, um, especially when you live, you know, you may not live near relatives and you're, um, you know, juggling certain things and taking your child to school or daycare or whatever it is. And you have to accomplish so much more within the same amount of time. You know, that is a challenge that I think um, some people just don't realize that woman take on that extra burden. And even if you're not a single parent, you know, I think a lot of times <laughs> I've seen kids, they still prefer, you know, the warm and comfort of their mother, even if the father is still standing there. So the mother still has to carry that load. And, you know, um, but one of the things that I think makes me feel like a hero at the end of the day is if I can manage to get through 
maybe 70% of the things that I said I was going to do that day and then still have time to have a meal with my son and go play with him after work, you know, and that's those, I think those are the moments that are the days that I feel like I've accomplished the most, <laughs> you know, to still make sure that I'm, to, you know, making him a priority, putting him first, um, making sure that I give him my attention. And it's easy to, it's easy to miss that mark on a regular basis. It's like a regular, you know, something that you have to work at every single day. Um, and yeah, it's just, <laughs> you get better at it, right? Um, you have to be extremely forgiving, uh, but it's it's a, it's a true struggle and a true challenge, a true challenge that I, I don't think, you know, everyone has to um, go through. You have to forgive yourself, right? You have to, oh, yeah. you have to forgive yourself. <laughs> We're not meeting that bar sometimes because there's always, always yes. days that we don't meet it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, um, I was just gonna right, say so, the same thing. Go ahead, go Sorry, ahead. To, I was no, I was just gonna say the same thing to to what Natasha said. Um, you have to be kind with yourself. You have to forgive yourself because you know maybe we won't hit that seventy percent mark. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe it's a day where we hit thirty percent, but that's okay. You know, just, that's okay. Yeah. The fact that you intended to hit 70 is <laughs> a great thing, you know, um, but it's impossible to do it all. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, you know, until my daughter's nine now, um, it probably wasn't until more recently, actually, through the pandemic, too, where I realized, you know, it's okay. It's okay if I can't deliver everything perfectly 100% of the time, mm -hmm. um, you know. And you know, I think us as women tend to sort of be really hard on ourselves in that regard. Um, with or without, you know, children, we're always we tend to be harder on ourselves than than, than men do. Um, why so, that is, who knows? But um, you know, just being kind with ourselves, I think, is really important, especially in these times. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a fantastic point, Alex. Natasha, did you, I couldn't tell if you were talking right there and wanted to, to weigh something in or. Oh no, I'm just agreeing wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, we, we are harder on ourselves. Um, and I hear it from, you know, the woman in my personal life. Like, you know, I try to surround myself with, um, others, other women that are striving for something more in their lives and, um, that are being progressive and taking chances and being brave. And, you know, that helps to encourage me every single day. You know, I had a, a good friend of mine reach out to me earlier this morning and I hadn't spoken to her in so long, but um, I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I didn't have people like her that were constantly speaking words of encouragement and, you know, sharing that walk with me, even though hers might be different. Um, but being able to say, hey, I, I didn't meet that bar, as Alex said, like today, right? Um, and I'm feeling pretty crappy about myself or, you know, I'm feeling like I'm less than or um, like... I'm, I'm working hard at something and not really getting anywhere and having somebody else there to remind us that, you know what, it's okay. You're doing a great job. You're, you're making progress um, just to help you see yourself in a better, in a better light when you are just so accustomed to doubting yourself because, you know, of the, because of the, the things that society um, may have conditioned you <laughs> to think or even to, you know, to believe of, about you know who you are, where you're supposed to be, what your place is in business or um, in your personal life, in any type of social setting. 
Yeah, and I think these are more familiar challenges, right, in, in any industry. Um, mm -hmm. But perhaps particularly in such a male-dominated industry as tech, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know that there are you know, there, there's a huge push underway from various organizations, whether they're, um, you know, whether they're primarily women or primarily men in some cases or minority groups or whoever trying to increase the number of women and minorities in tech. And, and there is there is um, that awareness out there that 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 there is a disparity and, and it needs to be addressed. Um, but at least in my experience coming over again from an industry that 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 was not tech. Um, to a tech industry, the difference was stark in, in you know, wow, I, 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 I went to this conference and didn't see another woman for like a day and a half, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, wow, yeah, yeah. okay, uh, you know, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I work for, as you said, Catherine Rent the Runway. Uh, we went public late last year the first company in history to go public with uh, all female CEO, CFO, COO. The company is run by fierce women. It is, there are a lot, it's a fashion company. It's a lot of women. However, when you look at the tech org, it's not, it doesn't say this, doesn't paint the same picture, especially as you start moving up. Um, and so we are one of those companies that are making a very, very concerted effort to recruit women, especially in the more senior roles. Um, because if we don't do it explicitly, then we're just going to continue being in the same situation that we have been. You know, I didn't feel a lot of bias or, you know, I didn't feel, you know, like, like men were, I, I was less than when I first started my career. I think because we were probably a bit more, um, maybe not 50-50, but there was a lot more female re representation. It wasn't until I started moving up and progressing in my career, getting more senior and being, you know, one of the only or very few women in the room that I started feeling that. And that's because we don't have rep representation at the top um, in tech. You know, there aren't a ton of um, CISOs or CTOs out there. There are some, of course, and I actually moved into security because the CISO at my last company convinced me to. Um, I, I, I didn't know, I didn't realize all the different facets of security. Um, and she sort of coached me and convinced me that my background in tech risk could totally be applied to cyber risk. She was 100% right. And it was the best decision of my career. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how that all really goes. Yeah. I, um, I, I want to, uh, to get back to the comments just for a moment, because, you know, the comment that we addressed earlier was, was sort of, um, putting voice to something that, that I think we as women oftentimes feel, but is, is rarely said directly to our faces. Um, this is, this is sort of the opposite direction. This is from Kyle who, uh, comments in Kyle, thanks for your comment. Men are watching too, and I'm taking notes. Um, and then says, you know, you would be surprised how much of these same, same thoughts are experienced by men 
between men in the industry, considering how um, how competitive they can be. Um, my my question to this, and again, Kyle, thank you for the question. My where I want to take this is, um, you know, th there are these there are these people who think women are are lesser or this or that, but I think there are so many more people. Um, who think women are 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 just as fierce and just as competitive and just as equal, um, if not more so. Whether it's in tech, whether it's out of tech, that sort of thing. So, how um, how important is it for these men who are champions of women to really step up and 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 draw women into the conversation and sort of lean over, take their hand, and say, "Hey, come here, stand mm -hmm. on this podium with me." I'm so glad you said that, Catherine, um, because I feel like that's what makes a difference, right? We can have everybody in the room can agree that, you know, women are just as equal and they bring something valuable to the table. But if no one's willing to step up and do something about it, then nothing changes. And that's the biggest challenge. You know, we need we need people to, like you said, to reach a handout, to give people opportunities, to be able to stand in the gap and help to promote because at the end of the day, you know, the reality is there are more, I mean, I don't want to say there are more, but our challenges are different. And like I said before, it's not an even playing field. So the more people that we have that are able to um, provide more opportunities to, to help to build, um, to give women more opportunities to grow their careers and to work in a tech field, um, expose them to, to new things and, the more, um, the further advanced we'll be able to get as a society. Yeah, we just need allies, you know? Yeah. You know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to be the only people in the room. We just want to seat at the table, that's it. Um, and we need other men, um, our counterparts to give us opportunities to shine just like they do, you know, their, their, their male friends and, and colleagues. Um, we just need, you know, support, um, you know, on the, on the projects that get all of the exposure. We need, um, you know, to, we need our allies to call out when they're, when there are boys club microaggressions, you know, and, and we know what those are. Um, that's what we need. We need people to sort of you know, we can fight this battle, but, you know, if we've got allies, then, you know, we'll be that more effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, um, I, I wanted to, to speak to women, girls, teenagers, college students, people um, who are, you know, considering getting into tech, right? Um, and thinking, well, is this going to be an uphill battle? This is something that, you know, this is something that I love. This is something I'm interested in, but do I really want to fight this fight? And maybe there's an easier or a, a less challenging path to get me where I want to go. Um, Alex, just starting with you, what, what advice do you have for women who are considering getting into tech or a STEM field or, or to broad it out, even just, just a male dominated field? Um, what advice would you give them? Just do it. Just do it. I mean, if that's what you yeah. want to do, just go out and do it. Um, you know, for me, 
I, I was lucky enough to have like an internship that made it clear what I didn't want to do. And, you know, networking got me into a role that, you know, really ended up being like a perfect fit for me. And I've sort of just stayed in that sort of world since, but it was a it was about, you know, just trying something, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, with my degree. And I just kind of went out there and I did something and it proved that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and it was through like networking and getting out there and like meeting people uh, that, you know, this other opportunity came. And ever since then, it's just sort of been about like, putting myself in situations that aren't very comfortable. Um, but it's because I, because I want to do that thing, I, I have no other choice. And so it's just about like getting out of your own way. Um, you know, being open to learning, you know, that's, I think a big thing. I think tech, I read something recently that was like something along the lines of the more I learn in cyber, the less I know. And it's so true. It's, I mean, you can use that in tech. Like it's the more you learn, the more you realize you don't, you don't know the breadth of it. Like there's so right. much. And so, you know, if you are always willing to learn, um, then that's going to give you one up. And then I think it's important, you know, in whatever field you're in is to just be like a kind person. You know, if there's one thing that I always tell people that I might mentor is just be nice, you know, like people, people will, people will be more willing to, I shouldn't say nice because kind and nice are not the same thing. Be kind, be kind. And uh, it really goes a long way. Um, but you couple that with sort of, you know, not being scared and getting out of your own way and just sort of going for it, it's going to give you um, a lot, a lot of leeway. And that's my two cents. I love that you draw that distinction there between kind and nice, because I think uh, it, there, there is definitely a line separating the two. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's good for women in particular to be conscious of that. Um, Natasha, what about you? Ad advice for women considering getting into tech, thinking about it? Yeah, I would say know your know your environment and go where you're go where you're most valued. You know, understanding what what you bring to the table, what you have to offer, and who who needs those skills the most. Um, I think leveraging your skills, your experience, those are the things that are. Um, going to lead you to, I don't want to call it the easy path, but the one with least resistance <laughs> um, and be brave. You know, as Alex said, like, just do it. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times that we, we get caught up in our own heads. Um, no yeah. one's physically stopping you. You know, no one's saying that you can't apply for this job or that you can't go work in this company or you can't make this career change and you can't do more. It took me a very long time. Um, oh, man, it's... <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to say, like, it was only, you know, in my in my later years that I realized that, oh, I don't have to do the thing that my, you know, that somebody else in my past told me that I had to do with my career. I can choose for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, I have to live this life. Nobody, no, no one else has, um, has to. So you have to make that choice to go after the things that 
are going to be satisfying, that are going to challenge you, that are going to make you feel fulfilled. Um, and don't apologize for it. <laughs> you know, just go out there. And as Alex said, like, be be kind, right? Um, don't don't be afraid to say, like, to ask for help or to, to, to sit down and have a conversation with somebody if you don't know something. Um, make allies, make friends, and do it genuinely, right? I think people can tell when you're, when you're not genuine and you have an agenda. Um, but if you're actually, you know, if you're just naturally curious and, um, you know, you want to learn more about something, people, are, a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, you know, like the, the um, guest member, audience member that shared that comment before, he's taking notes. I love that. You know, there are so many people out there that are willing to to listen to what you have to say, to kind of give you some advice, to, to talk to you, to give you an opportunity. It's just about opening, you know, you know, opening up and being able to share some of those concerns, share, you know, speak for say the things that you want, speak it out loud, ask for help um, and just be, you know, just be open to new experiences. You know, in the, in the vein of, of being kind to people, this is a story that um, something that happened to me that really resonated. It can be applied for any situation. For me, it happened to be, and I'm sharing this because we're three women here sitting talking, but um, after, again, after my son was born, um, after my maternity leave was up, I it was just in complete angst about going back to work. And I remember um, I lived in, in Hoboken at the time and I left my apartment and it was just like all of this stress and anxiety and and I was walking to the bus and just passing these people that I had normally passed, you know, weeks before and just thinking like, I wonder if any of these people understand what I'm going through right now, like the complete agony that I'm going through. And, and, and the answer is you don't, right? You don't know what anyone else is going through. And that, that's why I'm saying, you know, that can be applied across any situation, whether it's you know, the death of a relative or a friend or just a, a really hard day or um, the the death of a pet or I mean, any, absolutely anything, but just, I just want to share that anecdote as a, as a little reinforcer that, you know, being kind costs nothing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you don't know what other people are going through, men, women, anyone at all. Um, so, so being kind certainly, um, certainly goes a long way. Natasha, before we wrap up, I want to pass it over to you really quickly because, um, I wanted to give you a chance to um, talk about an initiative that we're starting here at INE called Women of INE. Explain a little about what that's about and, um, and, and kind of why that started. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, just as we were just talking about, like, what can we do, right? What can people do to help support women in the workplace, women in tech? Um, what we're doing here at INE is giving women that platform, giving them a seat at the table to start to sit and talk and have these conversations and voice their concerns, their opinions, the things that they need, the things that um, are important to them. Uh, so that's something that we'll be starting this month, uh, which I'm super excited about, um, just bringing, bringing the woman within the industry, within the company together to just talk um, and start to understand, like, what are these things that are truly driving us, the things that are challenges for us, the biggest obstacles and figuring out where can we start? Where can we start to make a change within our companies, um, within the relationships that we have with one another? Um, you know, how can we better support one another and how can we, what we can do to help others better support us? Awesome. Natasha, thank you. Um, really quick, Alex, I want to, um, 
I want to give you a chance to to just any final thoughts that you want to um, you know to convey to the audience. And I also want to give a plug for Rent the Runway because we I we just learned yesterday actually um, that you are with Rent the Runway, and I just want to give a huge plug because I love Rent the Runway. I think I was one of their customers back in their very early hungry days, and uh, <laughs> just just love the company and had a great experience with them. Um, they they do something really cool. And Alice, I just want to give you a chance to to talk a little about what they what Rent the Runway does. Um, so I think sure. it's a really, really great um, opportunity for, I mean, probably for anybody, but definitely for me as a woman, just with my experience, <laughs> it was awesome. It helped me in in, um, in a professional setting. But I wanted to turn it over to you to, to talk a little about Rent the Runway and then um, just any final thoughts you wanted to share. Sure. So um, Rent the Runway, um, I mean, just an amazing business model. We've come to disrupt the fashion world. It's a platform by which you could, as a member, um, or even just as a one-off um, sort of customer, come in and rent either, um, you know, special occasion uh, um, garments, um, dresses for weddings, or do as I do uh, and uh, rent daily garments. Uh, it's high end, very great quality, um, you know, designers, uh, very um, sort of, we have exclusive lines as well. Uh, and the idea here is really, you know, um, a cloud, a closet in the cloud, uh, where it's much more sustainable. Um, you're getting, you know, you could easily get thousands of dollars worth of um, clothing in a month for a fraction of the cost. Um, it's just an amazing company. There's nobody else doing what we're doing at our scale. Um, we just went public in the fall, which was really exciting for us. Um, and there's so much more to come. Um, in terms of last thoughts, uh, you know, I just want to say, you know, it's been a great ride, you know, a, as a woman in tech, um, and it's not to, you know, this wasn't like a male bashing session or anything like that, but it's just really important for us to voice, you know, our realities and our challenges that are, that are real life. And like I said before, we just want a seat at the table. Um, and, you know, it's a really exciting time. You know, I think a lot's happened with the pandemic um, in a lot of different ways. I'm super optimistic, um, and I really appreciated this chat. Thank you so much for having me. Um, but yeah, I think we should keep the conversation going. Awesome, and we certainly will. Natasha, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I know I know you both have busy days. Um, I appreciate you carving out uh, about an hour to spend with us here on INE Live. Absolutely, thank you so much, Catherine. And it was such a pleasure to sit with both of you ladies. Um, and just have this conversation. Yeah, let's keep it going. We will, uh, to Alex's point, we will keep the conversation going. Thank you both so much. Thank you so uh, much. With that, we are going to wrap up today's stream. Thank you for watching. If you missed it live, you can look for the replay across our social media channels as well as on the INE Live website. We will be live again right here one week from today, next Tuesday, March 8th, for an exciting stream on a new partnership between INE and Black Girls in Cybersecurity. We're teaming up with the organization. Next week, we're going to spot, spotlight Black Girls in Cybersecurity, sit down, talk to them about what they do, about some opportunities they're creating, and about how the partnership between INE and Black Girls in 
cyber is fostering new opportunities for both students and enterprises alike. Again, that is next Tuesday, one week from today, March 8th at 1 o'clock Eastern. Be sure to like and subscribe on the social media platform you're using today so that you can stay in the loop and get details and notifications when we do go live. As always, be prepared to bring your engagement, your questions, your enthusiasm, and your curiosity. We'll see you next time. Until then, have a great week.